Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. I was lying in bed this morning. I've been having a really hard, realistically, it's only been a, the, the really bit hard bit has only been like a week. But I think it's really hard because I've been having a really difficult month. But I was lying in bed this morning and I was thinking, I wish I had someone objective who'd be able to look at my life, (laughs) who'd known me for years and who'd been in a relationship with me, (laughs) who could look at my life and be like, no, SJ, it's definitely not as bad. You're, you're definitely doing much better this time than last time. What was last time? Uh, uh, it's a few things, but one of the things is to, to do Are with... Are you breaking up with your fiancé? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got one and then I'm thinking <laughs> of breaking up with him in the last week. It's been very quick. You know, I'm not the jealous type, but if you guys start a podcast together, (laughs) I tell you. My current partner and I joked about breaking up and starting a podcast together (laughs) the other day. No, it's about poly stuff. Ooh. Yeah. And it's so painful. It's so painful. And I, I'm, I hate, I just, oh my God. I just want to escape my own life right now. Wow, this does sound hard. Yes. After our after our poly trilogy, we got some requests to like talk about how we do poly nowadays. So I guess that's what we're doing <laughs> this episode. I'm definitely going to cry. It's yeah, it's been really interesting. The other day I was I was crying and my partner was like, "I haven't seen you cry in a really long time." Just heard it on the podcast. <laughs> Just heard it on the podcast. I I just, like, I haven't been, I've been a real cool cucumber. You've definitely cried a lot. No, I've definitely cried a lot, but I... <laughs> like, not only do I have record of you talking about it, you have record of it. <laughs> no, no, no. In no. tissue form. <laughs> okay, so I know that I cry a lot, but I haven't been really... It hasn't so much been because I've been really upset, if that makes sense. Just been for fun. Yeah, it's just been for funsies. So, like, I cried a lot of stuff. I, I watched a, a really good hip-hop dance video the other day and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to feel so bad when you cried. <laughs> it depends how I cry, though. That's what I mean. Like, so, so I'll, like, sit on the back couch and I'll be like, the world is just amazing and I'll just cry. And we'll talk about difficult stuff and I'll get upset. But, like crying in a like distraught way I haven't done in a while right like you know <gasps> you haven't done that for a while I feel like <laughs> that was mean <laughs> what 
That wasn't meant to be mean. I was, just, I was trying to work out how to describe different ways of crying. I thought that uh, an example would be a good a good way to do it. I'm not saying that it is mean. It just felt mean. Okay, I'm sorry. It was not intended to, to, to come across as mean. It's okay. Just delightful. We can all laugh at my emotional pain later. And you can cry with it. <laughs> <laughs> let, okay, let, let, let's take a step back. Uh, since we broke up, yeah. how many poly relationships have you had? Uh, oh, that's... A confusing question. Probably, t- uh, mm, uh, <laughs> I actually don't know the answer. Three. And and you and I—that was the first poly relationship you're in, yeah. Yeah. It was also the first poly relationship I was in. Yes. Because it was the first relationship I was in. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you got engaged to your first girlfriend. Well, I realized the other day I had a girlfriend in high school. Oh. And I would fucking love to get her on the podcast. That would be a hell of a thing. <laughs> Can we do that? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send her a note sometime. Uh, I was not a nice person in high school, and she bore the brunt of how not nice I was. So I feel like, oh, boy, that would, be, that would be a hell of a thing to get her on. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, like, like we talk about how much I've grown and changed since dating you. <laughs> Imagine a full decade before that. Uh... <laughs> Plus, you know, everyone everyone's awful in high school to some extent. I don't even want to consider that. I I mean, I could really just, I could really get a great idea by just reading all of your live journal entries. <laughs> it's true. I wrote a live journal entry basically every day while I was in high school. I have a friend who lives in Portland and I've known her since my high school live journal days and I got to meet her for the first time last year. And uh, she was talking about like her husband. I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to meet him. She was like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to meet you. Oh! I was like, why? She, she was like, ah, because I used to tell him about the stuff he said on Live Journal, and that's still the image he has of you. And I was like, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> like, it's it's not unfair, but it felt so fun to like. I have, man, like I that I've I've lost language. That's that's how that's how I feel about that. I'm like, you you can judge someone on their high school writings, but don't like that's obviously <laughs> not a good judgment of character but he was just like nope i've made up my mind about this guy and i never want to meet him and i was like oh he sounds cool <laughs> so basically moral of the story is never write anything down in high school actually i feel like that live journal is a big reason i'm able to be a writer today because you know we've, we've talked about the ten thousand bad drawings or whatever like that's how I learned that's how I found my voice and that's I got so much practice because every single day I would write thousands of words and you can't do that without getting better at it wow just wow so yeah that makes me nervous the idea of getting my high school girlfriend on because she would not talk to me up until like a year ago or two years ago that makes you nervous very few things make you nervous yeah, uh, but she would tell the story of what a dick I was and at no point would I be like, actually, because like, that's what happened. I was just a total awful person. Like, can you give us an example? I broke up with her over MSN Messenger. Like, that is awful, but that's not totally uncommon. We had a total of six classes, five of which we shared, and I not only refused to talk to her, I would get cranky if any of my friends did, and most of them kind of took my side in the breakup, and so she was left... Without a boyfriend and basically without any friends. Okay, that's awful. Yeah, no, I, that, like, I'm not going into this being like, well, it's not that awful. It is genuinely awful. Like, I did awful things. And I didn't I didn't give her a reason for the breakup. Oh. Yeah, just like, she, 
shitty things, uh, shitty teenage things, but still shitty things. Did you ruin high school for her? I, I would. I think I did. Oh my god, you're that person. Yep. I'm not proud of it, uh, and I, I, I've messaged her to try to make amends. So I don't know what else I can really do. But yeah, I, I was an awful person in high school and ruined someone's high school experience. Yay! Yep. I feel like I sound smug or proud. I'm just like, I don't know how to express. That was shit. I'm talking about it. That is a fact. I did a shit thing. Yeah, there's there's no way to say I did a shit thing without sounding really morose. And I'm not morose about it because otherwise I'd just spend my whole days being morose. Or being glib. I feel like I sound glib. I'm not trying to sound glib, but I don't know how else to sound. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So, uh, we were each other's first poly relationship. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. And then after we broke up, I dated someone else. We had a super nice, casual poly relationship. Uh, and then we broke up, me and that lady. And then since then, I've just like casually dated a bunch of people until I met Lucy. And now we live together and are quite happily poly. Yes. That, 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 that's the history of my poly. We'll, we'll get into more detail later. But that, that's the overview of my poly relationships. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Am I supposed to say mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i went out with this guy called peter um and That's then me. i went out i had i think uh, been under a year another relationship and during that relationship i think i had another you know another significant relationship amongst some other stuff and wait i, I don't understand what that meant at all so i was while i was in that relationship i remember specifically one other person that i was in a relationship with does that make sense is this while dating me or after dating after me? dating you do you want me to so start after again dating me, yeah that was that was that okay no so sense. dated you yep that happened and then <laughs> i was in another poly relationship and during that relationship inside of that one there was another relationship so after dating me you dated someone and while you're dating that person you dated other people yes but but I suppose there was just one in there that was significant, if that makes sense. Right. And then yeah. after that, I dated my current partner, and that's where I'm at. And have, are you and your current partner, Polly? It's confusing, is what I will say about that. Yes. <laughs> You know I need more. Uh, it's really complicated. <laughs> Are you guys ethically dating people other than each other? Yes. I would call that poly. Is that not poly? Yeah, but it, I just, I don't feel very um, uncomplicated about it. I feel very complicated about it. Well, that, that's good because poly by definition is uncomplicated. Uh when people hear poly, they think that must be uncomplicated. So that sounds really simple. <laughs> obviously, if it's complicated, it can't be poly because all poly is so simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm mocking you. I know, <laughs> I know. You know, I don't like. I'm not very good with labels. I don't like labels, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's sort of that thing, but it's not really that thing. But it is that thing. But it is that thing. Okay, right. So tell me of your recent poly complications. So I've realized a few things and I feel like I'm stepping, it's more in the right direction than previously. Okay. So, so my history is, so we went out and we were poly and that was chaotic at best. 
<laughs> um, no, actually, at best, it wasn't that bad. Like, there were bits where it was really lovely. There were bits where I was dating uh, someone else and dating you, and it was fine. Like, it, it wasn't that messy. Or sleeping with, anyway, not necessarily dating. Yeah, there was there was bits where it wasn't that bad. But there were definitely also bits where it was awful. Oh, yeah. At its worst, it was awful. <laughs> but you said at its best, it was chaotic. At its best, it was fine. At its worst, it was the worst. At its best, it was really lovely, actually. Yeah. And then at its worst, it was the most awful <laughs> thing I've ever experienced. That's Polly. (laughs) (laughs) The relationship that I had after that was really traumatic um, and extremely painful. (laughs) (laughs) That's Polly. (laughs) And I actually didn't want to be in a polyamorous relationship, but the person I was in a relationship with didn't want to not be in a polyamorous relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it From what, from what you've told me about this relationship, it sounded deeply unhealthy on basically every level. <laughs> yeah. So they hadn't been in a polyamorous relationship before and they were like, oh, there's this person who's polyamorous. And I was like, look. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, by label, yes, but in heart right now, definitely not. Well, the other factor was that I was really, uh, I was really, basically I was like, look, poly, that's great, but right now I'm so... Um, Fragile? I was really uh, mentally unwell, just really having a really hard time. And so I was like, look, I actually don't want to do this right now because I'm trying to focus on my mental health and this like very tangibly interferes with that priority, (laughs) particularly right now. But the other person was like, yeah, but if I don't do this, then I won't be getting my needs met and then I'll be resentful. And yeah. what what's that sound? Uh, I won't be getting my needs met in this situation seems disingenuous. Where like your needs are, I'm curious about this thing. That is not really a need, that's a want. If I said, hey, I've never had bread before. And you were like, oh, I'm actually gluten intolerant. And I was like, well, look, I want to have bread. If we can't have bread together, my needs are not getting met. You'd be like, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I from okay, yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll, I'll use a kitten analogy. <laughs> okay, actually a kitten analogy would be great. So let's say I was allergic to cats and you wanted to buy a cat. Yes. And I said, Look, I really don't want to do that. Like that will cause health issues for me. And you're like, my needs aren't getting met, because I want to try having a cat. Never had one before. Sounds fun. My need right now is to own a cat. No, it's not. That's a want. It's not a need. I find this stuff difficult to sort of like work out where I land with like these kinds of opinions about how, you know, like because I went through a period of being like, what a fuck stick. Why would you do that? But then I'm also like, but at the same time, I agreed to that. Yeah, I'm not saying he was he was wrong for getting you. I mean, you did agree to it, so that that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, expressing it as a, as a need is not fair or accurate. <sighs> anyway, so I didn't actually really want to be in a poly relationship, but I was in one, and I would really suggest not being in a poly relationship <laughs> if you don't want to be in one. I think that that is a bad time, and I think that that actually 
made how I deal with that stuff worse because now I have a lot of really painful memories of that stuff. Associations. Yes, and it it would it would be easier to not have those. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Oh, I guess that oh, holds up. I'll pay that. Okay. Uh, yeah, like eternal sunshine and a spotless mind. I would absolutely delete those things. And I would I would never delete a memory. My memories, on average, are just much happier than most people's. So yeah, that that helps. It's it's a privileged yeah. position, but at the same time, it is my position. I would never delete a memory. I mean. That I have now. If I got, like, tortured for 20 hours, maybe I'd delete that. Give me one second. <clears throat> I don't know why I don't just, like, leave the tissues on my desk. does seem pretty dumb. Oh, wow. That was just... I said you were pretty. That's not... Dumb. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had, I had that relationship. And that was not good. And now I have a relationship with someone else. And I've talked about this a lot. And I think I've definitely talked about it in terms of the tears project. Because I've been collecting my tears for two years. And I, I have... If you want to know more about that, we did a full episode. <laughs> yeah, so we did a full episode. To- Collecting tears with my ex because it's not something we can quickly be like, and here's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> that seemingly nonsense statement. <laughs> Just go and listen to that one uh, for the context there. So I've, I feel like I have this like cumulative shame around my emotional experience and a bunch of it has been informed by my romantic relationships. Even with me? Absolutely. I would say <laughs> of my whole experience of romantic relationships, a lot of them have been with people who my emotional experience doesn't make sense to them. Um, And there's this idea that I'm too sensitive, of which I think our relationship had that aspect to it, but not being so mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it wasn't a malicious, like, oh, just get over it kind of thing. I just couldn't comprehend. Yes, totally. Uh, I was just literally unable to comprehend. And in turn, you couldn't comprehend me. Yeah, and I still struggle. No, I'm much, I'm much better at understanding you, thus making me the better ex. No, I don't. I don't think that's <laughs> that's not how it works. We have to have some kind of gladiator style game. Understanding each other. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's just like who can hurt each other the most? Because like, if you can hurt the other person more, then you understand how they work better. I cannot imagine a world in which you could emotionally hurt me <laughs> more than I could emotionally hurt you. I've got a few things up my sleeve. What an awful thing to say. Um, I think <laughs> I think that you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. The thing is, like, if it was in that context too, I'd be able to put my defenses up. I suspect much better than you would be able to put your defenses up. I think that I would probably... Uh... Let's not do anyway, this. Anyway, let's... Okay, <laughs> something else. That's a bad so, idea. <laughs> and then the, the relationship I had after our relationship really just embedded that idea of me being too sensitive. It also didn't help that I got a diagnosis which basically said, you're too sensitive. You're, you're sensitive to the point of it being literally a disorder is what your diagnosis said. Yes. And so all of those things kind of came together to be not a good time. So my relationship now... We don't necessarily understand each other all the time, but I don't feel like I'm too sensitive. I don't feel like 
I'm... You don't feel like you're constantly the one who is in the wrong when it comes to emotional issues, maybe? Uh, I think that's been more of a learning around how to think about my experiences, but I more just mean like my partner is also really sensitive. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we'll be like, I'm crying because I'm thinking about how great puppies are. You know, that sort of thing. So that's been interesting and it makes me feel more confident in terms of poly stuff. Yeah, more um, like you'll be understood by your partner when you go through stuff. Yeah, I, I feel more like I'll be understood and I won't be seen as crazy. Anyway, so that's been nice, except this last week I I have felt crazy. Why? I... I, I... Not only like on the podcast do I not know what this is, but you haven't talked to me about this off the podcast, so I have no, literally no idea. No, you have no idea what's going on. Tell me the tale. So it's just been that my partner's been on some dates, and he's been on some dates. He's like slept at some people's houses, but this last week I'm just like, what is happening to me? Jealousy. So this is where I wanted your your opinion because I've worked out a few things. <laughs> One is I'm not actually afraid of being left. That's new. Which is new because I that used to be a really big thing. I'd be like, "You're gonna leave me," but I'm not that actually common fear. I'm not actually afraid of that because I'm like everything will work out okay anyway. Like everything will be fine. First of all, I'm great, and you're not gonna leave me. But second of all. Even if that does happen, everything will be fine and I'm a person that's worthy of love and, like, all that kind of stuff. The thing that always strikes me is, like, if they leave you, obviously that is not a relationship you want to be in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want to be dating someone who, A, leaves you, B, doesn't think you're good enough to stay with, and C, is the kind of person who, like, hitches their ride to something they think is better. Like, that's kind of gross. Yes. So that's new that I'm not like, you're going to leave me. That's really weird to me. But what I've realized is what I'm actually afraid of, and we talked about this on the last episode, is I'm afraid of the feeling, which is so painful. Oh, you're, you're afraid of... Yeah, the fear is not of being left. The fear is of the feeling. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. Like, that sounds like I'm being glib, but that's genuinely how that phrase came about. Yeah. Like, you're afraid of being afraid more than you are afraid of anything in particular. Yes. And that's new because, a pre I don't know if you remember, but previously I would, like, get real angry <laughs> and really pissed off. Um, whereas I'm like, I'm really angry, but it's because I'm really afraid and I really dislike this experience and I want it to go away. But, like, I, um... When, when you save the tears that you cry while recording, do you just write, like, see episode 17? <laughs> Actually, kind of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, th this... Let's not turn this into a tangent, but I've been like, oh, when I post all these up, because you can listen to the other episode, but my idea is that it will come out in chronological order, like in real time, but with a two-year delay. Oh, really? Yeah. So, because I want people to experience what is someone else's emotional experience like? 
because you never get to completely see that. Yeah. So how can you experience it in real time? You did. You did last when we recorded that episode. You weren't sure what you were going to do with them, so this is new to me. Okay, so this is my idea. <laughs> so I've thought about like how much will I tag real life stuff in it like will i tag the locations like i'll be like i'm at this i was at this cafe and that cafe will get a notification being like you've been tagged (laughs) (laughs) um or or like yeah of course being like i was writing this thing or i was doing this episode anyway so the short answer is yes so i i'm afraid of the emotional pain and the reason why i'm afraid of that is because to me, emotional pain is legitimately dangerous. Yeah. That's why I shouldn't say yup. It always makes you cry. <laughs> it's, that's definitely it. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I did it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I might have just had one of the worst thoughts I've had while recording this podcast. Do share. Which is, as you were crying, my only thought was like, I wonder how I'm going to edit that. Because <laughs> I no, have, by, as, by nature as, of this podcast. As I was crying, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> by, nature, by nature of this show, I've spent a lot of time editing your tears. <laughs> And so, like, the best ones are the loud ones. When, you, when you're crying loudly, that's great. I just leave it all in. But a lot of the time, like, just then, I said, yep, and your face scrunched up and I saw you crying, but you weren't making any noise. And I was like, how is that going to cut together? I have to wait for her to make a noise before I can comment on the tears. Otherwise, I can't include that. Like, that's just silence. That's not obviously crying. As a note, I think that you can leave in a bit more silence. Sometimes. Let's say you, you can you can edit this one. Okay, thank you. There's apps that cut the silence out of podcasts. Yeah. Like anytime there's a silence, it just cuts it and it like cuts down all podcasts by like five to ten minutes. And so I'm always conscious of the fact that like when people listen to a podcast, they don't want silence. So I, I, I try to leave it in for like pause and effect, but I don't leave like long chunks of silence in. Uh I would di- I would disagree a little bit. But that's only like if someone's crying and it anyway it makes sense yeah but if it's a silent cry no one knows you're crying you could be sitting there yeah i mean i think that those kind of things can have a little bit more space i don't know why we're commenting so much on this (laughs) okay so you are afraid of the fear yes because emotional pain is dangerous and like the most terrifying thing to me is is being stuck in that and over the last my entire life but particularly the last mm, two to three years I've done a lot of work on working out how to validate and understand and manage my emotional experience and this experience I've had in the last week I'm just I'm really annoyed I'm really annoyed because I've I've done so much work and it's still really, really painful. 
You're seeing your partner date someone else? Like, yeah. Just those, those, the feelings that come up, I can't, I can't. Outmaneuver them. I can't outmaneuver them. And and I, I felt, I feel like I was, I feel like stuff was happening and I was, and I was like, man, I'm dealing with this so well. I've changed so much. Um, my whole life is different. My whole experience of these kinds of situations is different. And then it just like flipped, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the, the fear kind of keeps it there because I'm afraid both of my emotional experience and of all the other terrifying poly situations I've been in. So it's it's not that anything particularly bad is happening, but you're just like, this has in the past led to bad things, and I don't want that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like, so yeah, I just want to explore this. Um, you you you're feeling these very very strong emotions when your partner dates other people. Is that all the emotions that you're feeling? Like, is it a fear of fear and a fear of the bad things that have happened in the past with Polly, or is there stuff that like, what do you, what what do you feel when your partner dates other people? This is probably. I've never heard you sound more like a therapist. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just interested. What I feel? Okay, so uh, first of all, it's really confusing, and that's one thing that's really difficult. Cause What's confusing, though? The, like, the feeling is really confusing because I can't completely unpack it. Right, yeah. Usually I'm, I'm much better at being like, mm, okay, right now I feel shame, uh, I feel afraid, I feel sad, and it's because of this, this, this. Whereas this, the feeling is so big that uh, it's kind of, it's like really difficult to make sense of, but it actually feels like being stabbed in the guts. Is it as big as your mother? Oh my God. (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying to continue with this therapist route. Is that not how it works? (laughs) I understood your mama jokes was a standard part of any therapeutic relationship. ever. (laughs) Uh, so it's it's a it's a really big, yeah, and terrifying thing that you can't identify. I mean, I identify it as being it's fear, and what I'm afraid of is the feeling. But that becomes a vicious cycle, because anything could like, you know, like tiny things can create the feeling, and then the presence of the feeling, you know, like. It's this really, really tight, very, very, very expertly designed loop. (laughs) Feedback system, yeah. Which is very cruel to be inside of. It's like holding a microphone near a speaker is fine until a noise gets made. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're like that microphone's been there the whole time and now someone is thinking of making a noise and I don't know if I can deal with that. And I don't know when the noise is going to happen. Yeah. It could be at any moment. So one thing that I am trying to get better at is realizing that my experiences slash impulses are just not very helpful to you. (laughs) And I'm not saying that that you're at fault or anything like that, but that is something. The episode that we put up a couple of weeks back, back in time with my ex, I talked about, I want to be a better writer, so I want to go and experience suffering. Uh, That is not my approach anymore. I do still want to be a better writer, but now I want to be a better writer, so I want to understand people who have 
completely different points of view to me. Yeah. Like totally different angles on things because if you can write a cast of characters who are all approaching things differently, that is much better writing than, hey, here's five Peters hanging out in a boat. (laughs) What are they going to do? Like that is obviously poor writing. Yes. (laughs) And so like I am, I am suppressing my impulse to be like why don't you try this because i'm like no that, that might work for you peter but that could end in suicide for sj that is poor advice yeah so so in terms of what i'm thinking what my brain is thinking first of all my brain is like it does make some sense that this is your emotional response right now because you are burnt out yeah you're crispy as fuck <laughs> right now i don't think i'm crispy anymore i think that i'm burnt out what's the difference uh, so crispy is like getting towards being burnt out. Burnt out is like, I need to go home now. Everything needs to stop. Crispy is on edge. Burnt out is off the edge. I kind of got sent home from work early yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But not in a like, you need to go home. In a like. Not, not disciplined. <laughs> yeah. C- compassionately. In a like, do you think that it would be better if you went home? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what the best thing to do when you're burned out is? Talk to your ex and let him make your mama jokes. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm really, really stressed. And I recognize yeah. that that is... Uh, Exacerbating the situation. That is, going, that is making it unmanageable. And then I'm. it actually makes me go, okay, so... I'm pretty much always stressed. It's true. That is your default state due to the lifestyle that you lead. <laughs> like, me, me too. I'm, I'm always crazy busy because if I have time, I fill it with things. But at the moment, I feel like I've hit a point where I'm like, I don't want to do that. Don't want to do what? I don't want to be this stressed. Right. Like as in, I want to make some very particular decisions right now to get out of this situation because usually i think that a being stressed doing stuff really great distraction b it makes me feel really (laughs) (laughs) self-important i'm not gonna lie totally does and i often i usually get energized by being stressed but right now you're like i have i have pushed this too far yeah no i do not feel that way anymore and also i'm just like what the fuck is my life like there is zero balance in my life right now. So no wonder I can't, like I don't have the capacity to deal with this emotional situation because I have no capacity. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the capacity for a sandwich, let alone <laughs> really complex emotional situations. It's just really frustrating because I think like I was crispy, crispy, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling crispy. All right, okay, this is a difficult situation. Let's just keep you cool. Keep your hat on. Everything will turn out all right. But, like, this is particularly pointy, and I just, I am embarrassed by my lack of cool. I am so far from cool at the moment. But to go back, (laughs) even though I just said that I'm not cool, to go back to the very start of this conversation, I was like, I really want someone to be able to go, you're doing a better job than when I dated you. I mean, it's, I I want to say that to make you feel better, but I want to not lie. So it's hard for me to say because I haven't heard anything about this and I've only been talking to you for the last like hour. So I can't say you're doing fine because when, when you were at your very lowest with me, 
you could have jumped onto the phone with someone and been fine for an hour. That is something that was totally within yeah. your capacity to do. I'm very good at that. I was there for the dark parts as well. And for this, I'm not seeing those dark parts. So I don't know. Like, I don't know the conversations you're having with your partner. I don't know what you're doing when you're not on this podcast. So I, I can't assess the situation to the level that you would ideally like me to. Because I don't know. But you know who else was there during those dark times? Is it me? You were there. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, all right, I'll give you the answer, which is I am doing a lot better. <laughs> there we go. And I was last time. <laughs> because point one, which I mentioned before, is instead of being like, fuck you, I'm like, wow, I have a lot of big feelings and I don't know <laughs> how to deal with them. <laughs> the fact that this conversation is happening <laughs> is evidence <laughs> because... I really struggled to recognize that. Oh, yes. Before. Yeah, I remember having conversations where I was like, I don't think that your anger here is justified. And you're like, that that's no! not a useful not a useful thing to say to someone who's angry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really get you anywhere, but I felt better for saying it. Well, it's a complicated situation. But do you remember one of the things that happened in our relationship was uh, you would always do things wrong. I don't know if you remember this. Okay, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a good start. The joke being that uh, there was no way of doing things right. Yeah. Yep. And I had this conversation with my partner the other day, and he was like, look, I feel like there's no way to not get in trouble. Like, there's no way to do it right. And I was like, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. Like, <laughs> So there's a technique when you're having an argument or when you're when, when when the situation is delicate called sandwiching. Oh yes. Which is if you have an issue, maybe say something nice and then bring up the issue and then say something nice. You sandwich it. And you would in in this kind of vein of it was impossible to get stuff right, I would try to sandwich and you'd be like, No, you need to sandwich it and I'd be like, I'm really trying to and you'd be like, You didn't do it right. More bread, and, needs more bread. <laughs> And so, I, but at the time, we didn't know that's what was happening. You were just genuinely like, how is Peter not getting this? And I was genuinely like, how am I not getting this? <laughs> and so sandwiching, this technique of avoiding stress in a stressful situation became this really high stress area. Like it was a, it was like, to this day, I don't sandwich things as much as I should because that, it, it's, it's like you were saying, like that things that are happening right now, you're like, in the past, that was really bad. So I am nervous about those things. That's me with sandwiching. Oh wow! I am like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that because I might get it wrong in a way that gets me yelled at, which doesn't realistically happen. But that's still like the connotation it has in my brain. That's the association. Yeah. And I remember hanging out with you when I was last in Melbourne. I was hanging out with you and your current partner, and I gave you some feedback quite bluntly, and he was a bit like, oh. Uh, uh, maybe maybe a bit of sandwiches in order here. And we were both like, nope. <laughs> we are post-sandwiching. We are the we are in the post-sandwiching era. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the keto of, <laughs> of feedback. No carbs, no bread, no sandwiching. <laughs> Carb-free. <laughs> Carb-free feedback zone. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's funny for me to hear like you talking about talking to your current partner about the fact that there is no way for him to get it right. Because I feel like he, he, he saw a hint of that when we, we were both like, nope, don't talk about sandwiching. Uh, 
I don't know if you're explaining that situation <laughs> he, to him, but he he actually said he's like, hmm, I'm starting to understand the situation of your exes <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> oh. And I was like, see, this is why I am sympathetic to the people that I've dated. It's <laughs> such a <laughs> such a nice thing to say. I don't know. It's a sad night. It's a it's a sweet. It's a very honest thing to say. I'm also sympathetic to myself, but I'm I'm just like, uh I yeah, I am sympathetic to the people that I've dated. Not all of them. <laughs> nah, all of them. Nah, I try to have empathy for everyone. Because, oh, one thing I was going to mention before is that I find it's actually better for my emotional experience to have empathy for exes, even if we had a really, really awful time, than to stay in anger about it. So that... That thing of like, I didn't really want to be in a poly relationship. They did. I could stay in anger about that and be like, fuck you. Or I could be like, yeah, well, that was, you know, we were both trying our best, I suppose. I was in a Facebook thread today where someone said, I hate Dan Brown with every bone in my body. And I was like, man, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yes. like, you've never met this dude. The crime that he's committed is writing books that you don't like and <laughs> other people do. Like, that's where you put your hate? I mean, first of all, hate eats you up from the inside. And secondly, that's where you put your hate? Jesus. Like, it, most authors are really thrilled to connect with their audience. And you're being like, oh, oh, you're happy to connect with an audience with these words that you put time and effort into? I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, yeah, that, that, that doesn't sound like a good time at all. I suppose this is the thing, like, in this situation, my emotional experience feels like that. I am a, like, I don't want to, f I don't want to feel like that, but I, you don't want to be that guy sitting there hating Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I am like rage core, you know, have you heard that quote? Um, anger is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Anger. Oh yes. That's yes. That's so good. Except if you're in a poly relationship, you can get angry and then you can take it out on someone else. That's true. But I mean, like, <laughs> but yeah, in the situation of like talking about your exes, sitting there being angry at them hurts you. Yes. 100% of the hurt and them 0% of the hurt. Yes. Yes, totally. So we're at the stage where we have to start thinking about wrapping up. Has this gotten anywhere? I, I, I've been trying to be helpful, but I don't know that I have been. So, I mean, the one question that I had for you, I answered myself. Which is, <laughs> I am a therapist. Is this, that is actually a very therapist thing. Um, which is, I'm definitely not as bad as before, right? Question mark. And then the answer is, no, you're definitely not as bad as before. You are much more self-aware and in a better place to deal with this situation. Full stop. The advice that I didn't give because I'm like that would help me. I don't think it would help SJ at all is I struggle with the concept of, and this is why I didn't give the advice, because I realized that I'm just going to be flat out wrong about this, but I personally have trouble conceiving the idea of being self-aware going into emotions and then still feeling those emotions at full force. Yeah. Because that, that, that's just not how it works for me. Like if, if I am like, oh man, this thing's going to make me sad and I go in like braced for sadness, I'm not going to feel as sad as I would otherwise. I might still feel sad, but... It's, it's not going to be as bad. So when you were talking about being afraid of those feelings, like my move would be, and again, this is not my advice. This is just what I would do in your situation is I would be like, okay, I'm terrified of this thing, 
that clearly means I need to do this thing. What can I do to prepare? There's going to be a bunch of feelings. Let's get prepared for those feelings and then walk through them. Like being thrown into a swamp is a really bad experience. Walking through a swamp when you've got all your swamp gear on is not going to be as, it's still going to suck. (laughs) Like that's not a fun time for anyone. Getting caught in the rain with an umbrella and a raincoat and a warm friend to hug is not nearly as bad as being thrown out to the rain. It's still bad, but you can deal with it better. But I'm 100% aware that this does not translate to SJs. This is for the Peters of the world. (laughs) I would say that a big part of that process... Um, A big part of that process is about... Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, A big part of that process is about acceptance... And the, because to be like, okay, I'm going to feel this, you have to accept, like, that situation, your emotional experience, that it's going to suck. That's particularly hard if you're not get A, if you're not getting anything out of it. <laughs> like, so, it, like, and this comes a lot up a lot in poly situations, but it's, if your partner is dating someone and you're not dating someone... Usually you just, well, for me, you just get the awful feelings without the other good part of, like, maybe... Without the, the nice part of poly. Yeah. yeah. I have been thinking about this this thing of acceptance and being like, how do I accept this emotional experience into my life in a way that means that it's not as scary? And whilst I... Like, whilst I understand and agree with your suggestion it doesn't feel it doesn't feel possible I think because it is so terrifying but the other thing that is really terrifying is like last week I didn't feel this way last week I was I don't know I felt maybe not last week but maybe a couple weeks ago I felt like yeah, okay, so sometimes I feel bad stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's going to happen and that's okay. And I feel like I was doing that. Does that make sense? Of being like, okay, there's going to be some shit stuff and how do I deal with that? And one of the ways that I dealt with that was I was really happy to have other things in my life that I'm excited about and particularly working on stuff. But I think that's why being really stressed (laughs) uh, kind of fucks that over. Because right now I just want to escape everything. I'm not like, oh, great, you can go on a date. Awesome. I'll stay at home and do something nice for myself. I'm like, I just want to escape my reality all the time. Because when I'm not feeling these intense feelings, I'm feeling completely depleted. So I just don't have any, I just don't feel like I have any escape, which is why I'm like, man i like i need something to change you seem very highly strung (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) so i don't know if there's a i don't think that there's necessarily a conclusion i think one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about this is a to get your advice which is null and void 
<laughs> oh, fuck you, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, it was good to talk to you about it and to realize in part that I have a bunch of the answers myself. Through talking to you, my therapist. <laughs> but I think another part is I get asked reasonably often, reasonably often people contact me to ask me about polyamory and borderline personality disorder and people being like, how the hell do you do Did you juggle those two those things? things? And first of all... I thought, you, I thought you didn't identify with that diagnosis. That's exactly what I was just about to say. First of all, I don't really identify with that diagnosis. I found that identifying with that diagnosis is not really helpful for me being able to deal with my emotional experience. For me, it's much more helpful to think about myself as being sensitive and... Full of tears. But at the same time, I do have a diagnosis of that. So, And I felt like I didn't have any good... I felt like I didn't really have any good answers for people because I don't really know. And also people with borderline personality disorder or diagnosis of it, their experiences can be so different. I think there's there's this idea that when you get a diagnosis, it means that you are very similar and people are really fucking different, even if they have the same diagnosis. But I think I just, I think sometimes people think that I'm really emotionally fluid and capable and I feel my feelings and I can name them and most of the time I feel like I can do that which is really different to how I felt a few years ago but sometimes I can't do it and what's different now particularly in terms of how I relate to diagnosis is that now I'm not looking at it and going I'm broken I suck I'm looking at it and going, this is difficult. What do? And that's a really big change. <sighs> anyway, any last thoughts? I mean, I think I've said this to you before, but even though you don't identify with it, I think the diagnosis is the best thing that's happened to you because it led you to the steps of being able to grapple with stuff that you were unable to grapple with before. And you, you've said in the past, like, everyone should do these courses I've done. And that is true in a world where everyone has infinity hours, which is not this world. But uh, I think that it's really good that you did those courses that you did because you got a lot out of them and you're better at dealing with the world as a result of that. Yeah. I'd say it's a fact of things. I'd say some of it is about... So I feel like my recovery, a bunch of it has been about learning more about my emotional experience, which has happened as a result of getting a particular diagnosis. But I think another part of it has been about looking at the philosophical underpinnings and the historical underpinnings of how we look at human distress and how our systems are set up. And for me, that has actually been incredibly empowering and a really big part of my my personal recovery. And I think that was also triggered by your diagnosis to a certain extent. That was actually to do with my work, but yeah. All right. I did not know that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, th I think you are definitely in a way better position than you were just because you are better at uh, dealing with the inbox of emotions and the <laughs> outbox of expressions. Uh, one, thing, one thing I'm working on is, is making my analogies more SJ friendly. <laughs> Although I got to say, when you said inbox and outbox, you just made me think of my terrifying email situation oh so i mean i'm in a physical inbox and outbox but i forgot that that would be associated with inbox with, with email see I, I feel like this 
this situation, right, there isn't an inbox and outbox. There's just like paper everywhere. Because usually I can be like, oh, inbox. Okay, alrighty. Oh, that one fell on the floor. Okay, well, let's just like tidy that up. But this is like an untidyable situation. This, this is like uh, Harry getting all the letters. Yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> and I'm really and I'm really stressed already. And I'm like, dude, I've got no time for these fucking letters. Letters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you're definitely doing better. And at the start of this, I sort of hinted that this would be like a how we do Polly, which I think for you maybe it has been. I feel like people will probably want some more practical. Yeah. So I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow-up some other time with more kind of practical tips that we've learned and stuff like that. Like how to use shared Google calendars. Exactly. But yeah, no, I think you're definitely coping with it better now than you would have two or even three or four or five years ago. Or 17 years ago. That would have been a really messed up situation. That's. Uh, I'm glad you weren't in a poly relationship then. <laughs> I would have been 10. Yeah. It would have been weird if your boyfriend had been spending the night with other girls. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I hope I was helpful. I don't know if you were helpful, but I feel like this was helpful. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was a part of this. Uh, we are, for the first time since we started, out of outros. How dare we be out of outros? Uh, so if you do want to send us an outro, you will definitely be on one of the upcoming episodes. Uh uh, just email contact at beinghonestwithmax.com. Uh, the outro script is in every show notes. And we're going to reuse one of our all-time favorites. So here is, once more, the outro from Grace Goodfellow. Thanks for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. Write a review. Subscribe on iTunes. Believe me. Oh, this is actually really nice. We should reuse more of them. <laughs> uh, well, if people don't send them in, we will be forced to. It's a hard life. <laughs> you know what next episode is? What is it? Episode 40. Oh, shit. Didn't we hit like 50,000 50, downloads the other day? Yeah, we've, we've been downloaded more than 50,000 times. And we're about to do episode 40 for a podcast that... We weren't sure if we'd do for more than like <laughs> three <a> episodes. <laughs> uh, so thank you everyone who has been listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Well, I've just been talking to a lot of people who listen to the podcast via email because everyone who supports us on Patreon, I send them an email and I ask them about their lives. And it's really, it's really interesting hearing uh, how much people get out of the show. Particularly, I don't know if I told you this, but how much it's been used as a way of people reconnecting with their own exes that they don't talk to. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. So, yeah. you got to forward me some of these emails that you get. Yeah, I do need to forward you some of them. And I think that that's really cool. So if you have an ex and we've talked about something in any of the episodes that you would like to talk about with your ex, here is your official call to arms I will, I was going to say. I think it's more of a call to action. Yeah, okay. It's a call to action to send it to them. Go out on a limb. Maybe I'll send one of the episodes to one of my exes that isn't Peter. SJ, uh, you know this, SJ, but people listening to this might not realize that you're one of my absolute best friends and favorite people in the world. 
And I am immensely glad we reconnected. So send one of episodes for Nexus. Maybe you will get that as well. Yeah. It's interesting that thing of, because I'm in the start of this, I was like, I want someone who's been in my life for a long time to tell me that I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a podcast to do that. (laughs) But, But having someone who's been in your life for a long time and seen you up close and personal. Your private bits. I didn't know I didn't really mean that so much uh genitals yep okay your emotional genitals mostly. <laughs> who's intermingled their emotional genitals with your emotional genitals is pretty special yeah so maybe maybe talk to your ex if that's appropriate and you want to and maybe it'll lead into a big car park fight who knows or you maybe knows? you'll start a podcast <laughs> anyway that's all from us this week Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your free therapy session, SJ. Uh, enjoy is probably not the right word. Uh, it was... I know. I know I didn't make enough of you mama jokes. I know. Oh, I'm not a professional. Oh, God. Jeez. Uh, well, I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.